Hey, welcome to the Mostly Skateboarding Podcast. I'm your host, Templeton Elliott, and I'm joined this week by Patrick Pagongo and Mike Munzenreiter. Talk about niche Instagram accounts and a couple of new parts that hit this week. The long-anticipated Aaron Lester part hit last week, along with an unexpected Tom Knox part for Dickies. Patrick, do we start? Start with the Aaron part because it was long-awaited. I mean, Aaron has been blowing up social media for a hot minute with Instagram clips, and then all of a sudden, silent for a minute, Got hooked up with sci-fi, got officially on sci-fi, turned pro for sci-fi, and bong. We now have a full-fledged street part. And how does one do a frontside, like a double frontside, or, or yeah, frontside double flip? I like, I can't wrap my head around the physics. Is like, did he, has even Rodney done that? Anyway, the only beef I had with it was the music because it kind of felt like a big commercial. And I don't mean that in like a hypercritical way. It almost felt like there was nothing that was really like, really sinking me in no lyrics no nothing no no something that was going to make me feel like ah this is exactly what i need but it actually did grow on me like the second or third time that i that i had watched it also Aaron has exceptional spot taste mike what's your two cents i'm with you on the music and it actually kind of like one watching was enough just because the music was kind of not not for me, as as we might say, is is kind of like the you know the new tagline for this podcast. There's like a I, I just feel like we should edit skateboarding to music that people would actually want to listen to, and maybe that's just my taste coming in. Probably that's all of it, but kind of the I'm gonna make up a word like dysphonic. Is that maybe vaguely a word, guys? I don't know. Like you could ju- you could just say it sounds like shit. <laughs> it sounded like shit, and I don't know. There's like, okay, you can make a cool kind of um, kind of like what science experimenty video, and you know they had cool visuals, and it would have worked a lot better for me with different music. That said, not to belabor the point, like Aaron, yeah, the double flip stuff is crazy, especially turning front side, double flip front tail, which flipped so fast. You were like, what? What was that? It was super sick. She's got just the super other weird tricks like uh i'm gonna try to try to say what it is like i guess it would almost be that yeah like kickflip or frontside flip body burial to back tail back to fakie like some innovative stuff and she's really got a niche in terms of like the ultra ledge tech kickflippy regular footed ultra ledge tech it's a it's a cool lane and yeah like you said patrick the ig and that whatever that park is that she skates all the time you know, it was kind of her spot, though she hasn't been there as much lately. But yeah, the street spot, the street part was welcome. And um, yeah, I just wish I had a different song. Man, I I did not hate the song as much as you guys did. I, I felt like the song was really atmospheric. I think that it, it especially went well with the the opening visuals, the like girl on the sport bike going through the city in the rain, you know, which I felt I was kind of surprised that that graphic didn't make it to the bottom of a board you know like Arn's first board is like a apple juice box which has no connection to the video like kind of weird to not connect the two in my opinion um but i i kind of felt like the music worked really well for the edit or maybe like the edit was the way it was because of music but with like all the weird like lots of slow-mo which worked with the music and uh the kind of like lo-fi atmospherics worked well with the kind of like lo-fi b-roll that was interspersed with the part so i i was was not uh was not mad at the music i think the music and the edit worked really well together so if sci-fi is coming out with a video next spring i've heard march is either the deadline or the release date so what does what does aaron have what does Aaron have? Well, like, what does Aaron have for like that video? Like, if this is just like, hey, I'm throwing out a little something for a sci-fi for a Thrasher, that means it's like a heavy hitter part is going to be coming soon. So you've got a Ryan Lay line, you've got Jerry in there, the nose, like the front nose on that rail. So I gotta wonder then, like, is this gonna be like a big family-style homie video that's gonna be heavy as shit? Fifteen to seventeen minutes is my prediction. I mean, with uh, how many riders do they have? Four. So you can't you can't go too long with only four people. Maybe they'll add so somebody new. Like that's a great you know full length video is a great time to add a, a new rider. Um, so they got Ryan, a quasi Aaron. Who else? Oh, I I had forgotten about a quasi being on Sci-Fi. I was thinking there's another guy, Gallagher, Patrick Gallagher. 
that his name? No, nah, he's on Frog. Oh, shit. Gifted Hater? Is Gifted Hater going to have a part? Oh, yeah, there's Gifted Hater. Like, is, is, like, is, is Gifted Hater the, the Jirobi of sci-fi fantasy? Is he Who's in the group? Jirobi? Oh, from Trap Called Quest. I'm, I'm, I'm like trying to oh. compute that reference, and I, I don't know if I can do that math. Okay, maybe more like, uh, maybe more like Ugod from Wu-Tang. You know, is he in the group? Is he not? I think maybe. Ugod got actual. I think Ryan Lay on Instagram, I have seen him call him a colleague or coworker or teammate, so probably. Oh, so Gifted Hater is like on, on. Okay. He's in that the was, band. That was my, uh, my assumption or my interpretation of the output. Okay, okay. Also, does Aaron skate really small boards? I would think, but I don't know if I registered that one way or the other. The pro model is an eight and a quarter, and I recently got my hands on some 2000s skate magazines, and I was looking at them today, and those boards were really skinny, and they look really skinny in the photos. So I think I think Aaron's probably riding a pretty standard size board. Dude, I pulled a um, early 2775 off the wall recently for moving purposes, and um, one of the things that like you know it's skinnier, but even if you bought a 775 nowadays it'd be longer and the nose and tail would be longer. Like an OG 7.75 is so insanely tiny. It's like 30 and a half inches. I don't know, nose and tail dimensions, but it's and and like a 14 inch wheelbase, nothing bigger. It's a, it's a micro. Dude, the the shorties ad that I was looking at, they had like the board sizes and the smallest one was 7.38. I mean, that's tiny. I, I think the, you know, the Mariano Sheffy, the Mariano slash Sheffy girl shape when it was PS sticks was a 7.4. And then, you know, the tail was minuscule. It was like, I don't know. I'm not the biggest person, but I'm like putting my hand and opening up my fingers. And I'm like, yeah, my hand is bigger than the tail was. I don't know. Boards were wild. Those, those boards were tiny. You just reminded me too of, um, I think the smallest I ever saw was a 7.25. It was 7.25 then 7.43. Seven five seven six two seven seven five seven 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 eight one, and then you get to eight, right? Or was there that, one more in there? Well, that eight was huge back back. Oh then. my goodness! I had a, my first. Let's see, first board I got was a flip gold brand board, which was a seven seven five, and then I made for whatever reason I made a, a big leap because I loved and still love Ed Templeton's artwork. So I copped an Ed Templeton that was eight three eight. Oh wow. In 1996. <laughs> yeah, that's massive for 96. Huge for 96. Quite normal for me now. I mean, <laughs> like I'm usually like 825, 838. Anyway, back to Aaron and sci-fi fantasy. <laughs> I think Aaron fits in perfectly with sci-fi. I'm actually really looking forward to what she does in a video. And I cannot remember her exact title. Um, shout out to Delaware, because she was working in the Delaware hospital system when COVID was absolutely raging in 2020-2021 she gave up a i'm going to assume gave up a very lucrative and stable career to dive into the skate game and so i have to give a round of applause for that or maybe she's on taking extended leave or just like maxing out vacation points but you know the kind of work that she was doing is so stressful to be anywhere even remotely near the medical profession in the last three and a half years has been hell on earth and I got to give props to all our folks who are working. We're still in hospitals, still grinding it out because that shit is not over. But I guess I wonder, maybe she found it to be quite liberating to be like, oh, I can just focus on skating and not having to squeeze in my skating after whatever shift, even if I'm dead tired. Would you all ever leave your jobs to go and skate full time if you had, if you know, you had the skills to pay the bills? Fuck yeah. I would leave my job to just not be at my job. <laughs> mike what about you we do like let's say um i don't know who's your dream company i don't even know who my dream company is anymore um uh, dang that's a tough question i don't know what if baker hit you up and said yo mike we're gonna start sending you some boxes and getting you out on some trips you know i i mean as as a one-time like rep flow guy having gotten boards from local companies like i don't know it is definitely rad but at the same time I, I think I've, well, and this is also with, like, heavy shop, working in shops, working at parks. Like, I'm happy to skate completely on my own terms nowadays. And so I don't I don't know if I'd want to do that. I don't I, Like, it, it's funny. I've talked about it recently with friends. I was, like, 17, 18, 19, and my friends were already way better than me. I was like, oh, shit, I'm never going to be a pro skater. 
And that was actually really liberating and nice. And um, so, yeah, yeah. Even, even when I was like the lowest level of sponsored, I'd be like, oh, shit, I don't want to skate, but I feel obligated to. And I didn't like that. So I'm cool. Not for me. Well, I, I applaud your self-awareness. So back to Aaron's story and this kind of really interesting space that she's in um, in the industry. Somebody who was posting a ton just has seems to have like a really cool vibe. And then Jerry's just like, you want to start getting some boards. So and that feels just like a super organic and chill thing. And I think um, she's come out here a few times to L.A. to film a bit. Is she on Nike? Like for real, for real? Like, let's let's have a do a little rudimentary Internet research and see if she's on the site. Yeah, I mean, oh, on the site is is what it means to be really on. But I think that there there's levels to this shit. And I think that she is getting getting on trips and someone that they're investing in. I don't I don't know, you know, if she's getting a salary or just photo incentives or what. But, um, you know, it, it seems like whatever that situation is, is pretty good, you know, compared to whatever any of the other shoe companies are offering. I guess so. So like, what do y'all think is like the ideal if you're not on on? Is it like a, a regular, like a monthly, like a big ass box with lots of chillers and, you know, the skate shoes of your preference, you know, or do you want to like you want to be on on? You want your name on the site. You want people to know that you're on the team. I want the money, you know, like if you're going to use my image and like ask of me, like I'm going to need some money. It's funny, man. I feel like there's a there's a sweet spot vis-a-vis or yeah re the money like a buddy who um who's nike flow but got photo incentives pro for like a mid-sized company of the mid 2000s mid late last or mid early last decade so early 2010s but um yeah like he was in the sweet spot where he wasn't making tons of money but he was able to live but then he'd get these nike checks and it was ultimately the tax bills from being a subcontractor for Nike with no tax withholding, you know, he'd get these big checks, he'd be able to live on them, but then it's like, oh, wow, tax man's coming from me. And that's actually why he ultimately hung it up. So there is, like, the money's good if you can get it, and there's not a lot of money out there right now. I don't know. I, I, I'm such a Debbie Downer right now. I'm a, I'm a wet blanket. I apologize. I don't know. I don't, think, I don't think this is being a Debbie Downer. Like, we're all adults in our 40s. We know how the real world works. And yeah. there's bills, there's responsibilities, there's taxes. And also, you know, Mike, you had pointed out something really important earlier, is also having the self-awareness of where am I? And yeah. where am I with regards to skill and the possibility to make an impact in the industry. But back to the question of, of, of shoes and such, Templeton, I loved your response because <laughs> you know you got to pay. You got to pay. Mostly skateboarding, it's uh, cash only. Come through <laughs> with a bag of money. <laughs> well, and, uh, just to pick up something you were saying, Patrick, like the Aaron situation seems super, like, like a really cool opportunity. You are posting, you're skating well, on the internet, you know, and putting stuff out and people are psyched and you are working a job that could be stressful and then you do get the opportunity. It's like, it's definitely not my 40 year old, you know, adult ass experience. So just thought I'd point that out. I mean, you're right. You're right. Like it happened. The dream did happen for Aaron and the dream more often than not doesn't happen for a lot of people. Uh, even cooler is that as far as I know, she's still based in Delaware which is uh, America's um, America's tax haven. This is why there's so few Americans who are in the Panama Papers. Why do your dirt abroad where you can just register your company in Delaware? Anyway. Delaware, Delaware is not... So, wait, I got to check the internet. But I don't think Delaware, for all of us people who don't live on the uh, East Coast... or Yeah, no, Delaware is nowhere where you think it's supposed to be. <laughs> yeah, it's, I am... I've spent a lot of time in Delaware, and I'm not just talking about driving through on the way between New York and D.C. Yeah, no, Delaware is just like, you're like, oh, it's there? Yeah, right. What is this, <laughs> yeah. what is this western border? Delaware is tight. Delaware, Delaware is a lot of fun, but it's also like a big reminder. Like, that is a, uh, <laughs> it's a tax haven. Go look at your credit card statement. Go look at your bank statements. Go look at all your favorite companies. Where is their American Holdings based? Delaware. It's not even a real office. It's probably just like one room with a telephone in it, whatever, but it's like Maryland, form. Maryland should just annex Delaware. <laughs> that, that ain't happening. <laughs> huh? 
Delaware got, got Delaware got bread. And they got shooters. <laughs> they, they, they got an army. Okay. <laughs> well, trust me. Don't play with Delaware. <laughs> Hopefully Erin's incorporated and, uh, you know, got her taxes all figured out uh, in Delaware. You think she's got her money in Fort Knox? No, nah, it's all about Aaron as, an L- Aaron, Aaron as an LLC and basically being like, oh, no, I'm a brand. I'm, a, I'm like a full company. Companies are people now. Mike, I wasn't ready for that transition. It was too good. It was pretty uh, ham-fisted, too. But, <laughs> um, but I, I do think we should talk about Tom Knox. He dropped a part. Or was it a part? Mike, what, like... What's your assessment of this Tom Knox uh, in Paris thing for Dickies? You know, I rewatched it. You brought up the idea of like, is this a grouping of footage or is it a part? Rewatched it. And I do think it qualifies as a part just for the breadth of footage. Like he does a bunch of different stuff. He's not just like, I don't know. There's there's a feeling when it's all kind of just cobbled together. And then when the footage, the skating is good enough that it surpasses cobbled together so i'm calling it a part it had better music than the previous part we were discussing there's there's that too no nah, man tom knox is really really good at skateboarding and he's gonna do something interesting just about every time he's always got the bonus tr- like i like how he does what could be a standalone clip where what you know he half cab flips into a bank into a street and you could cut it right there but then he gets the nose wheelie off the thing and maybe he then does a flat ground trick and you're like oh yeah tom knox that's how he skates do you disagree on the part status templeton yeah it feels too like on theme to be like a full what i would think is a part you know it's like we went to paris for some time three weeks for three weeks I wore nothing but the clothes in this new collection and filmed this footage. So it wasn't like we went out for a year, traveled the world to find the sickest spots and do the sickest tricks at the sickest spots. You know, it's just like, I think it's a different idea. So I, I feel like it's, it's not it's a, not a part. And I'm part. not I'm not like poo-pooing it at all. Like it's sick. Skating was really good. But I feel like it's just, just kind of like a different thing. It's a... I mean, it's everything is just a promotional piece for some brand, but uh, this one was a promotional piece for Dickies for the the Tom Knox collection, which is extensive and includes a puffer, which is, it feels very on brand for for Tom Knox. How much is it? It's reasonable. Really? I want to say like one thirty nine or something. It's not bad for a puffer. I yeah, really I, mean, I, I feel like part. a puffer is usually two hundred. Yeah, a decent a decent one, and. Um, you can always tell when you skimp on a coat because um, you feel it the second you step out the door. I really enjoyed this part. I thought it was a little strange, Bob Dylan in the skate video. But then I remember that I want to say Bob Dylan, amongst other baby boomer artists from the 60s and 70s, sold his catalog to a private investment firm that is going to be managing it and licensing it. So he got a huge payout and doesn't have to worry about that when he dies. And so you're probably going to start seeing some more Bob Dylan in skateboard videos. I got to wonder, though, is Tom Knox on a Sodi run? Is, he, is, is Tom Knox, like, Tom, we're seeing Tom Knox get his flowers. He's on Crooked. He's got this beautiful New Balance about to come out. Like, that was, I had a Damascene moment when I saw those joints because they look like the Fila F13s, maybe even like a Reebok, like, workout joint. Like, I'm, I'm generally not hyped on New Balance. I very, very much still see them as the, like, uh get off my lawn sneakers and like dudes who used to go to hardcore shows way back like 20 some years ago like everybody used to rock new bounces a lot of the emo kids too but i saw those shoes i was like dang can, can i just clarify when you said damascene you were like referencing paul the apostle yes i was okay thank you <laughs> i was like whoa <laughs> haven't been to church in decades but uh, i still remember some uh, some sunday school <laughs> wow is he on a sodi run i'm like Who's push? Who's being like Tom Knox? We have a four point four part plan. It includes four video parts. I don't know. The the, the whole Sodi thing is a whole different conversation. It seems late in the year. It's all gonna that come in. Thrasher later. cover though. Yeah, he he's got a Thrasher cover. You know, which is kind of a prerequisite. Kind of. Are, are you saying it is a prerequisite? Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I don't know. What do we think of that cover? It's cool. It's good. Am I slightly underwhelmed by it? I don't know. I want to jump really? down that hallway. I wouldn't jump down that, obviously. Yeah, I think it's cool and interesting and, like, it's a rad photo, you know? Like, but yeah, it's it's not like, you know, like the front crook on El Toro, like a big game hunter type thing. But I, I think it's cover worthy. I think it looks cool on the cover. 
I, I like seeing more creative Thrasher covers for for sure. Yeah, I, I thought it was amazing because it, it wasn't just the Ollie. It would, there's a line before it, and you know we've talked quite a bit about how quick-footed Tom Knox is, and every trick he does is just a joy to watch because you're just figuring out like his foot placement is just beautiful. My goodness, it's like he's not even trying. And I guess I wonder what's the equivalent of regularly going to Paris from London to film a part? Um, like, what would be the what would be the U.S. equivalent? So, London, the, diff, the distance between London and Paris be, via the Eurostar is about two and a half hours. Uh, high speed train on both sides of the English Channel, very quick. Very, it's a very easy thing to do. Like, you could pull up on Friday, get a whole bunch of stuff done, and then get the last train back Sunday night. Because he does the school run. You know, as you can see in the behind the scenes when he is presented with his Thrasher cover, he's got a family, he's got four wife and four kids. He's very, very hands-on. Like, he does a lot of, uh, you know, he does quite a bit in addition to his skateboarding. So, I mean, what's the what's the American equivalent? Is it, like, going from New York to Philly to film a part? Uh, I'm thinking San Francisco to L.A. or, you know, if there were, again, there's no high-speed rail. There's rail equivalents on the East Coast. I, I was also just reminded that, like, a certain uh, sci-fi fantasy writer once had a take that Tom Knox has, like, too many children or something. <laughs> Y'all remember that? That was weird. That, 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 I don't that was remember just, that. That's funny though. We're not gonna. Well, if you know, if you know, you know. But no, no, dog. It was passing comment from gifted hater in one of his YouTubes, which to me is just like that is like a, 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 a that's a red line right there. You don't you you know what's that line from uh, a Bronx Tale? You don't fool with another man's family. You know Robert De Niro saying that when his uh, his kid Sonny was hanging around the cab stand. What, what's his name's character? Chaz Palmieri. Yeah, I'm say, yeah, 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 yeah. He's just like, you don't fool with a man's family. And like that, that's ridiculous. So it's like, <laughs> uh, you know, it can be a real struggle to have children. So you definitely don't make light of that. And on the other part, you definitely don't make light of how many kids somebody does or does not have. Tom Knox and his wife can handle it. Shit, man. I'm, I'm one of four boys. I turned out all right. <laughs> I think it was that. Th- Shit. Now we're in the weeds. I, I, I meant to just like <laughs> drop that and then we'd move on. But was it like you should be focusing on skating? I don't know, but like that's like typical like young dude shit. Like you're in your twenties, totally. you don't know, you don't like you don't know shit about shit. You don't know what people go through to go and, and and be able to have children and to raise a family. And if Tom Knox is able to live in one of the most expensive cities in Europe, never mind the world, and is raising four kids and they seem happy, they look healthy, he's skating, he's doing good things, dog. I say Tom Knox is winning at life, and I want I want some of that. I want some of that sauce. I want some of that. I, I need some of that energy, Tom Knox. I want to talk about how, like, it's obvious the way he skates, how consistent he must be. But if you can do that on video, like, he's a level of consistency that would truly be something to behold. And I think he's also, in a weird way, better. Like, if you saw him in person, you'd be like, wow, he's better than I thought he was. Does that wash? <laughs> like, Templeton, I wonder about your opinion, having filmed Heath Kirchart and all that. Yeah, I, like your comment makes me think. Like, I wonder what he's like at a demo, because I, I like he's not. He doesn't seem like the dude who's gonna do a fatty to flatty on the pyramid, you know. But super interesting skater. Like, is he like the crowd pleaser at a demo? I don't know. He he probably is like the dude that you see outside the demo in the parking lot that's blowing your mind just skating flat or something. He strikes me as boosting its level in terms of like he just keeps skating and making tricks. And it might not be the flashiest stuff, but yeah, I've seen Buzinitz a couple of times and it's like, it's just, wow, he just does stuff and does it really well and does it without testing the obstacle. I don't know. He did a, there used to be a steep bank at the, at the Familia headquarters skate park, short steep bank. And he backside nollie flipped on it. Like, I think just decided to do it and backside nollie flipped on it. It was like, okay, that dude's good. That's a Yeah, it's 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 a couple of things. It's his speed and his consistency, but then also foot placement too. Just like watching him do tray flips. My God. And also his sense of balance, you know, that last run where he's skating on that really skinny ledge, it does a big spin on it and then goes and ollies into that very, very thin um, you know, strip of concrete or excuse me, I guess marble. Fakey Ollie. Fakey, excuse me. My God, like I'd be frustrated after, you know, the second attempt at getting like the first trick in the line, just because you have to be so, you have to be so nimble 
you have to be so light-footed to be able to do that. But, you know, he explained his, his, his technique in an interview. I want to say it was either followed or maybe it was, um, no, it was a thrasher out there. He talks about on his way to go skating, you know, he used to ollie over manholes and try to get as many of them as, uh, get as many of them as possible. And so he learned how to position his feet in such a way that he could, you know, get his ollies, get his, snap his tricks very, very, very quickly. And, you know, if we're talking about the, uh, the the Sodi program, like, what's next? Is it is it like a part where you just shut shit down and you drop something in November where people are like, okay, Tom Knox is him? I mean, there's a Dickies video that's been in the works for a while. I, f- I figure that's, you know, we're going to get the hammers there. He's got a new shoe coming out. So, you know, there's probably a part or some some kind of video component to that. So that's that's three parts he rides for small wheels not spitfire so there's no spitfire spitfire part coming this year from him unless you know he switches and gets on spitfire unless did that already happen i don't know but that's kind of how i've broken it down when when thinking about his possible sodi run so small wheels is they're okay yeah they're still around decent yeah, team. great wheels oh dang they got divine calloway what's he been up to <laughs> I don't know. They, they've got a sneaky good team. I, I've been like really impressed with how good their team is. They've they've done. I, I feel like for a small wheel brand, they've picked really well. Like Suchu used to ride for them and stuff. Anyway, I mean that's probably like the Austin Gillette connection making those good choices. Habitat Grom zone. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Habitat Grom is the funniest concept, dude. Wow. Sorry. I, I mean that's what Suchu was. Yeah. True. Tom Knox is, I think, in a pretty awesome place right now. I'd said a few episodes ago that I was shocked that he had never been on an American board brand. And he fits in so nicely with Crooked. I have a couple of friends who have been skating his shapes, and they absolutely love him. Um, I'm thinking about copping one myself. I don't know. Even if he's not gunning for Sodi, even if he's not even thinking about it, I, I think... I can see him being. I can see him being in the running. I can see... I can definitely see him being in the running. Other than that, I, I mean... He's got to give us another Atlantic Drift because I love I love that scene. My goodness, my goodness. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I felt like this part felt less Atlantic Drift than like the Asics video did, and this is like Jacob Elliott Harris and uh, Tom Knox, so very easily could have been you know an Atlantic Drift side project or something. So I, I thought that was kind of interesting. And the board like, brand is is it still happening at Atlantic Drift? No, I don't think so. Okay. I know there was some back and forth. Oh yeah, I think they had done like um, a short run, right? Yeah. So any any standout tricks from this one? We've talked about a few. Um, Patrick, what what stood out to you? Drop in at the canals. That to me was insane because the risk of going and hitting a barge or something that's very very rough ground. I think that was like a really really obvious one. Um, oh yeah, and then like uh, the tricks at Crete, which is the mayor's office in a suburb of Paris. Um, that really uh, slippery, slippery ledge. It was doubles, and I can't remember the trick, so shame on me. Oh, um, he, he and Mike Anderson. Mike Anderson, kickflip, nose slide, uh, and then Tom Knox, nose slide, nollie flip. Is that yep, the one you're yeah. talking about? That's the one. And there was, a, yeah, there was a, they were there, I guess, when there was a wedding happening, because in France, the big deal is the civil service, which is going to the mayor's office and signing the paperwork, contract, such and such. People still do religious weddings and, you know, reception, blah, 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 blah. But, like, the big deal is City Hall. Interesting. Mike, what about you? What stood out to you? Rewatched it just a little while ago. I really like that uh, switch frontside big spin on the skinny steep bank with the messed up metal at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just an awkward trick in my head to do on something like that. And um, what else did I write down? The, the dualies of a nose grind revert front side and then a backside nose grind revert both in the middle of ledges the latter of which is like a ultra elite trick in my opinion because gosh that's hard backside nose grind revert in the middle of a ledge i don't know he's just like he's so solid and you know whether or not you think it's a cohesive part or not he just skates really well like all the time i i loved um what 360 flip into the bank and then he ollie one foots into the next bank and He's got kind of weird 360 flips, kind of like Mike Carroll does them sometimes, where there's more toe to it, if that makes sense. Is that a bad thing? No, I I like variant. I mean, it's better when it looks good, but I don't know. It's Yeah, you're right. It, it's something that's become rare. Oh, yeah, I also I was just reminded of uh, the line where he's, it looks like he's skating by the River Seine, 
and it's the spot with all of the little flat bars next to it. I guess that they are dividers or something to prevent people from getting into the walkway. But he, what does he do? Like, Ollie's up a quick three stair, heel flips it. You can see the like the big crooked eyes, like a quick like uh, kickflip front board. It's like he's such a like he's a stylish looking dude when he's skating lines. And then like I guess um oh yeah like it's probably like uh, right when the part starts where he fifty fifties. I guess it's it's a curb and then Ollie's out down that huge set of stairs. Like an eight stair. It's yeah. Pretty cool. That's dedication right there. Yeah, I feel like that's classic Tom Knox to grind grind the step to Ollie more steps. <laughs> I mean, he's a he's a creative he's a creative and interesting. Whether or not I think the thing is, does he have a hammer? Does he have like a trick or something like that? I mean, the staircase joint is amazing. That is a insane photo, and, and it takes an incredible amount of control not to just be grabbing the wall as you're ollieing, like basically keeping your body dead straight. But what else? Would he, what else could he have as a hammer? Him? I mean, the dude likes to drop in on roofs, you know. All right. So maybe there's a roof drop in or something. Shaking my head. Uh, after last week's episode, uh, how about Tom? Should maybe yeah. chill with him a little bit? <laughs> I think he's a little more selective. With it. They're not so deadly looking. They're just cool looking. Exactly. I wonder if there's like a roof skaters Instagram account. Like an Instagram account dedicated just to roof skaters. There's got to be, I, right? Do I really want to watch that now? <laughs> <laughs> I've actually, yeah, kind of, kind of. Because roof skating, like if they got Steve Olsen from Fulfill the Dream in there, I'm going to say absolutely yes. I mean, there's, there's enough that you could make a pretty decent account and post, you know, a couple times a week for a year and have, have a pretty decent account. Skaters in Jersey is a new niche Instagram account that came into existence this week and followed, I think, all of us. That got us thinking about niche accounts. Mike, as a Jersey-wearing skater, what are the best jerseys to skate in? Just going to correct you quickly, Templeton. You said skaters in Jersey which could be misconstrued. Skaters in jerseys, not New Jersey. I think the only clip I really have in a, in a jersey was a hand-me-down Kevin Garnett Timberwolves jersey that was like an, an Adidas, definitely not replica, but like kids jersey that my buddy Johnny Vang had that is now at least 25 years old. I still got it. So that's probably the best jersey to get, get a clip in. I like basketball jerseys the most followed by Brian Anderson in hockey jerseys, followed by Brandon Beeble in Randy Moss jerseys, and um, the homie Elijah Collard in the Twin Cities will run like a baseball jersey, XL, perhaps double X, maybe a Twins with the buttons. It's pretty wild, but um, there's probably coming coming in, coming in last just because you, you got to be really audacious to run it. So that's my jersey power ring. Uh, Patrick, I'm pretty sure you've got different thoughts and i might have even left out of a sport in my rankings <laughs> i know exactly where you're going with this i love skating in soccer jerseys football jerseys can be really hard it's a lot more material and they tend to be rather billowing on me some of my favorites the palace juventus joint from a few years ago danny brady skating in an old ac milan jersey and the palace v nice edit palace also did a take on both the england 66 that's when england won the world cup and the Italia 90, uh, they did not win, but the jersey was absolutely fire. And also, to your point about uh, soccer jerseys often having the sponsor on them, the way around that is to get uh, the drill jerseys or the drill tops or the warm-up jerseys that just have, say, the, the maker of the shirt, so your Nike, Adidas, Puma, whatever, and the crest or the name of the club. And those are actually, yeah, way less, um, way less, way, way less visual noise. Close second, that would be basketball jerseys. Oh, my God. Javante Turner in an old Thrasher checkout talking about all his cars. He's wearing, I want to say, North Carolina jersey because that was real hot then. Henry Sanchez wearing a Warriors joint long before the Warriors were cool. Samir Krim, uh, shout out the homie, in uh, May 1996 issue of Slap wearing a Knicks jersey. And uh, the folks from Slap did a little trip to Paris. Hockey jerseys can be, hockey jerseys can be tight. Like Harold Hunter, RIP the Don. In a Devils jersey in Dude, Sky that Page, photo right? is so sick. Yeah, I, yo, and the Devils were on point back then. And then uh, the Alzheimer's gang, they do a lot of stuff with um, the Montreal Can uh, Montreal Canadiens. So there's that. But yeah, I think that this <clears throat> I think that this Instagram account is right up my alley. Number one, shout out to skaters and jerseys. But then also thinking about niche accounts, one of my favorites, Skated the Chillers. It is a it's an account that is just devoted to people skating non skate shoes. So Air Max's Reebok Classics, 
Dylan, some Prada shoes, you name it, it's all there. And it's just, it's amazing. You, I miss that type of creativity and fits because it doesn't happen the same way now. And also, I guess, you know, the big corporate shoemakers are, are not sending their, are not sending most of their skaters stuff that has nothing to do with skateboarding, except for maybe a quasi who I feel like is doing that for ASICs. What would you guys say are some of your favorite niche accounts? My favorite of all of them is it's called the built environment and it's kind of like a architecture and sculptures from a skate perspective is like what the what their tagline is or whatever and it's just kind of like you know here's this building that you've all seen in these skate videos and this is like it was designed by this person and this it's kind of like an instagram account in the same vein as this old ledge but just like wide-ranging and bite-sized so that that's kind of my favorite and i'm always super psyched when uh when they when they post something mike do you have any other niche accounts that you're following it's funny man i i don't even know if i really follow a lot of these niche accounts i'm following the skaters in jerseys and one of the things that i really like about that account albeit that you know they got like a dozen posts or whatever you know they break down what the actual jersey is so just knowing that like Rob Welsh was in a Larry Bird jersey because I don't know, I'm lazy. I'm not going to reference, you know, do the cross referencing to figure out exactly what it is. I like that comes to mind and it's not that niche, but 400 lines, which is all like high eight footage. And I think that the 400 lines is in reference to like the 400 lines or whatever that you get on the TV from that. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like more aware of the, niche accounts but i don't i don't follow a ton like there's the back tails one right and then of course there's the cult of tom as in tom penny which was kind of just like more annoying after a while than anything else i have a whole tangent about how i'm just like disappointed as a long time tom penny fan you wanted to keep that mystique you don't want to just be reminded of like oh man (laughs) it's like the i think i've said it on this pod i've for sure said it on this podcast before that like for a long long time at least in my younger years when time felt interminable there was not enough tom penny footage like we 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 had like three minutes of tom foot tom penny footage and all of a sudden there's fucking three hours of tom penny footage and i don't want to watch any of it but it's out there baby like (laughs) shit that was that was that was harder core than i meant it to be but um like that's um like that that's a fair assessment because you gotta wonder if I have to wonder about the IP ramifications. You know, you're a photographer, you're a filmer, and both of y'all have industry experience as writers, as photographers, as filmers. I mean, Templeton, how would you feel if a bunch of your uh, footage or your photos were just being recycled to death? I feel like once it's been published, it's like you you got paid once for it, and all these niche accounts, they're just like they're kind of like us. They're just stoked on skating and want to want to share it and i i like that these accounts you know like the jerseys account or the built environment like they're like diving super deep into these little bits of minutiae you know it's not just like here's a clip of somebody skating in a jersey it's like you know this jersey is a larry bird jersey from like 1989 or whatever you know there's like more context and i think it adds to to skateboarding so I, I think that's it's important for these niche accounts to like add something and not just be like, here's somebody skating in a jersey, like here's somebody skating in a cool building, you know, like add something to. Yeah, I mean, it's not like, you know, there's Twitter accounts out there that always have just the shittiest copy accompanying like usually questionable clips every now and then there's a good clip. But it's like, all right, you're just grabbing shit off Instagram and then putting it on Twitter no credits, no context, no nothing. And again, shitty copy, questionable clips. So yeah, I mean, I think there's a there's a big difference. I don't know. I, I think, again, yeah, bringing context, bringing a little bit of research, and bringing something to the table. That's that's the big difference. Oh, so I see what you're getting at is, is not just context, but bringing a sense of history, because that's something that's really missing from a lot of skate discourse is that, you know, the move to digital-only publishing, the death of skate magazines that were uh, the keepers of so much knowledge and history. You know, it's almost like if you're doing this, then you need to, it's your responsibility to provide people with historical context for what was happening. And something I really like that Skated in Jerseys is doing is not only the detail, 
but also just like giving you like giving you like you know giving you like what video it came from because oftentimes some of these you know not like ones like uh the four-on-one commercial video break uh commercial break that's very obvious the source but some of the repost accounts that i've seen it's just like no context no year no nothing or it's the wrong year which a lot of people have been complaining about recently because they feel like it's scrambling skateboard history. So the timeline's all over the place because someone's saying something was 92 when in fact it was actually 91 or, you know, 90. And those things are obvious based off of shapes and clothes. Yeah, sometimes people just just get stuff wrong, make, make assumptions. I, I see this sometimes uh, with filmers because, you know, I, I was a filmer for two years, super low level, but I did film some shit and some of my shit has showed up on these accounts and they're just like oh yeah footage by like Aaron Meza or Ty Evans or whatever because they're in like those guys videos but it's like no man I I film that which is funny and I always I always find those clips like super late yeah, I don't know it, what, where that that's going but I feel like it, there's there's like a I don't know it, it's a mix of like good faith good faith guesses laziness right just like basic inaccuracy I don't know the the years thing is mind-boggling because I, I I don't know. We've we've all you know written about skating and probably are a little bit more concerned with accuracy than maybe other folks involved with it. Where it's like, eh, yeah, that was ninety three, uh, pretty obviously ninety five. But you know, what does it actually matter? I I think it's crazy that people even try to date these things because like I'm really bad with years and those kind of things. But also like you know, a video might have come out in. 95 but that clip could have been filmed in 94 you know like 93. the publishing date and the like actual footage date could be like wildly off so well, yeah seems just like a losing of, battle just thinking of like you know we experienced magazine production lag times where published in 2006 everything happened in you know published in january 2006 everything's november 2004 so there, there, there is that kind of like vagary of the way the world works, but yeah, we're <laughs> we're way off topic. What's what's a niche Instagram account that you guys would love to exist that doesn't exist to our knowledge? Pants, 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 pants. What's that pants account though? What's it called though? What pants are those? I mean, that that's service journalism right there. You know, like identifying pants. Would be that would be that would be one of those things that uh, oh, settles so many debates and also would would allow me to direct my attention to eBay secondhand stores and find you know like those perfect were they drawers jeans were they like were, were those like the light wash jeans that everybody used to rock back in the day that just looked they sagged absolutely perfectly probably I wish I wish I got a cop to pair um, but yeah a pants account uh, Templeton Mike what about y'all too what's what's the what's the niche account game need. Man, the the four one one video magazine commercial break account was something that I've been suggesting for years, and then they kind of like just fell off. So I'm, I'm I just wish that they would get back on the horse and start posting again. Cause yeah, like I feel like those commercials were really rad, and they were like complete pieces that are perfect for Instagram. And I think a lot of them are just kind of like lost. You know, they're in they're on YouTube in like a forty five minute four one one, but super hard to find and i don't know it's just like a perfect instagram account so please post more uh mike how about you uh we'll say i mean it's it's an incredible effort incredible lift just to keep like it's hard to be consistent with anything if you're just doing it for fun essentially so like peace to all these ig account people that keep it going like there should be a 411 openers account even if it's just like i don't know a single clip doesn't make sense it's a bad concept Maybe that's why. Well, it's not a bad concept. It's a great concept. It's just not a very workable concept for you know the way you want to work these things. But Dude, that'd be you cool. Could, you could have that one. You have the single clip, but you like loop it so that it's like 15 seconds long, and then the second frame, you could get a quote from the skater about the trick. You know, so there's like a little effort that has to go in, and that would be pretty rad. Maybe you get a quote from the filmer too for a third frame. I mean that would be ill, but I would get tired of that four on one intro theme real fast if I was oh. mani- if that was managing that account because you have to hear it over and over again as you're digging through clips. Not as a viewer, as a viewer, it's like you get nonstop excitement when that song comes on. But if you're the one who's managing that account, you got to hear that 
that drum roll intro again. Oh my goodness. That might be a different parts of the box car. Damn it. Yeah, Come I, on, I think my, it'd be worth it. I, I I need Twitter to be less buggy because I want to read the Christian Kerr. He had a fantastic tweet that he uh, maybe maybe Dixon it. No, it was about um like a European warbler or something, some bird that can mimic humans really well. And uh, he wanted it to do the 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 four one theme, but um, it looks like he deleted it. We can't we can't give the guy props. Damn, Christian, well, we'll, we'll link to Christian's account because it's just full of bangers anyway. You know, you know, if you you gotta like, what what do you have to do? Screenshot the tweet and then say, I deleted this. Didn't want to besmirch the four one. Well, Patrick's the only one who doesn't like the four one theme here, though. I love the four one one theme, but for the <laughs> record, if I was editing if i was managing an account where i had to listen to that song over and again just to dig for clips for stuff that i'm going to post i would get sick of it come on i just, I just keep pushing the falsehood when i know exactly what you were saying in the first <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna get i'm gonna get banned from uh wherever four and one who owns their intellectual property these days i think Transworld maybe yeah what? yeah i think Transworld has it so that would be like Whatever publishing company owns Transworld and Men's Health and whatever else. Oh, that's sad. But you know what? Yeah, I'd, so it's just languishing. <laughs> I would, I would low key be stoked to be banned from uh, Transworld. <laughs> God, what would you have to do to get banned from Transworld? Stoked to find out. Which brings us to the end. Fuck, that brings us to the end of our show where we talk about what we're stoked on. Uh, Patrick, what are you stoked on this week? So I'm stoked on Spitfire Wheels. I'm also really, like I said earlier, I'm ridiculously stoked on those tom knox new balance joints i'm gonna have to cop like three pairs those are gonna go amazing with everything cannot wait to rock those with some shorts some track pants oh my goodness i bet you they dress up nice too and uh i've also really been enjoying a documentary series called end of empire that was produced by um a uk company called thames television and it's a series that was produced in the late 70s, early 1980s uh, about decolonization. And so every episode is about a former British colony. And more specifically, each episode is named after that colony's old name. So the one I've been rewatching for very obvious reasons right now is the one on mandatory Palestine, which was partitioned uh, or was proposed for partition in 1948 into Israel and a Palestinian state. The British just walked out in the middle of the night and we are where we are now. Uh, Mike, what are you stoked on this week? Stoked on biking and the cool weather. It's uh, it's definitely autumn up here in the upper Midwest. My ankle kind of gave out on me. Uh, broken toe into like, oh, your ankle doesn't work. That was that was cool. But been biking a bunch and like 10 to 14 miles. Very random bike distance range. But been doing that for pretty much this whole month. And it's really great. I go in the morning. It's maybe like... I don't know, 40 to 48 degrees. Love biking in the cold, actually. That's really great. Gonna be gonna be lightly breaking news when this comes out, but Familia is moving uh, to its skate park location. They're just taking taking the whole thing and moving to my neighborhood, basically. So I'm really stoked that the shop's gonna be just like five minutes from my house. That's gonna be good. And then also been stoked on uh, It's Over Now, but the Minnesota Twins, baseball team their postseason run was really fun i'm not a baseball guy but believe it or not playoff baseball is super exciting and amazing and nail-biting and uh yeah we were skating the other night and kind of keeping tabs on the game and that was fun watching it streaming it off the phone templeton what are you stoked on this week uh i've been stoked on this before but i am stoked again on digitizing tapes i kind of refined my setup and it's working a little bit better. Not perfect though, but been really stoked to just like look at this old footage and you know show it to the people who are in it and kind of reconnecting with old friends. Uh, super rad. But my setup is I got an old video camera and like a few different Firewire cables to get from like camera into my MacBook. And then I record on QuickTime, but somehow if the clip is like gets too long, the audio goes out of sync. So I'm wondering what you mini DV filmers out there are doing to digitize your tapes. If you use like Final Cut Pro 7 or like some old fucking technology like that, just don't bother writing in. Like I'm a, I'm a modern guy. But if, you, if you're a modern guy also and you did know how to digitize tapes, get at me. Help me out. Uh, I would super appreciate it. That's it for our show this week. 
Be sure to check out mostlyskateboarding.net for links to the things that we talked about and other show notes. Until next time, you can keep up with us all week online. Mike, where can the people find you? Uh, my social media handle is at mmunzenrider. Uh, Patrick, where can the people find you? You can find me on Twitter under the handle at Colonel K Speaks, and you can find me on Instagram under the handle at pkigongo. And I'd like to correct a point I'd made earlier. Um, it was not the British government or the British Home Office who proposed the partition of Mandatory Palestine. That was actually uh, the partition plan came from the United Nations. The British just kind of shrugged their whole shoulders and said, we don't know. Templeton, where can the people find you on Bobby, 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 Digi, Digi, Digi's internet? You can find me on Instagram at Mostly Skateboarding and on Twitter at Mostly Skate. We will see you guys next week. Bye.